Welcome to the Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. Listen in as poet and artist Ariana R. Cherry features words written from her heart and performed from her soul. Every week, you will hear original poetry spoken through performance art and storytelling. Listen weekly on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Truth, stories, and poetry. Exactly what the soul needs. Hello, welcome to Spoken Word Poetry. Today we've got another series of my Meet the Author. And we have got my good friend, Brian K. Morris, who I met at a convention so many years ago, and he knows his stuff. He actually is a full-time writer. He left his last job, which I believe was a water, working at a water department, but he left there and um, he is one of the last, or he, wait, wait, the story is he's one of the last ones hired. And then I think they let him go. So then that's when he decided to do full-time writing. But I, he used to be on another previous podcast I had, so I thought I would bring him on here so all of you could meet him. And his name is Brian K. Morris, who I have with me right now. Hi, Brian. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? So far, I'm pretty darn good. Um, thank you for having me on your program. Oh. I'm quite flattered. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Um, well, like I've told other previous guests, that I have been doing nothing but reading my own poems or talking about why I wrote them for almost two years, and I didn't want my audience to get sick and tired of just listening to me all the time. So what better way than to let them meet other authors or poets who can share their work or their advice? Because actually, um, at the beginning of my introduction for spoken word poetry, I do say something about we share truth, stories, and poetry. So I figured the stories and the truth kind of fits in with having in other guests. So I think I'm going to stick with meet the author series and see how well it goes. I'm optimistic. I think it's going to go well. If we get past tonight, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Well, you know, I've gotten almost to two years, and I finally hit 15K, so. Yay. Yay. Good for you. That's yeah. good. Yeah. We were actually in the top 100 in Apple Podcasts in Nigeria. <laughs> wow. That's, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, I, I have this prince that keeps writing me from there. Every now and then saying he's going to give me money. So, oh, um, yeah. You know, I've had one of those, too. <laughs> All yeah, I need to do. Yeah. yeah. we got friends in common. It's like Facebook or something. Yeah. You know, mutual friends. All I have to do <laughs> is give him my checking account number, and then I could have, his, have some money. There you go. See, I, I don't but, know why you haven't pulled the trigger on that one. Yeah, already. I don't know. I, I just figured I'd think about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brian, the reason that I had you on here tonight, not only are you a pretty darn cool friend and you've been a good friend to um, my boyfriend, Josh, and I by giving us great advice, you have been in the writing field uh, career, as I say, for quite a few years, and you have some experience, quite a bit, and you're real good with your marketing, and I believe you're probably pretty good with public speaking. I see how you talk to people, and you're pretty good with them. And I thought you could offer some people, especially even poets or other authors, some advice on 
perhaps public speaking or marketing their books. And I know the first fear of any writer is kind of putting their writing out there, but then the next fear is actually speaking to an audience or even sharing your work. So what kind of ideas or advice do you have about public speaking? Well, I used to do public broadcasting, you know, the PBS network. I My first real contact with a mass audience was I was brought in by our local PBS station to participate in the pledge drives. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I would be out there and, you know, we had our little roles and we'd, you know, do all those slick things where we're asking for money and everything. And immediately, you know, the thought of talking to several thousand people just kind of paralyzed me. So I'm going in there into the studio pretending I'm knowing what I'm doing. And I'm like, I got to think of something fast. And so it came to me, um, I had heard about certain celebrities on television who were kind of a terror to work with if you were an actor, (laughs) but they were always good to the crew Mm -hmm. because the crew were the people that made you look good or could do the very opposite. So what I did on the first night was I went to my assigned camera person and I went up and said, hey, I'm Brian, how you doing? And got their name, excuse me, and from that point on, I stopped talking to the thousands of people that were watching the pledge drive. I was talking to the guy or the gal behind that camera Mm -hmm. and kept it one-on-one, something I was comfortable with. Of course. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's something that you can use in any sort of public speaking. Like if you are, say, selling something at a personal appearance, just talk to that person like you're making a new friend. And if you are, say, addressing a crowd, um, one tip that I picked up from other public speakers is focus on one person at a time. Just make eye contact with one person and, you know, just go up and down the row, left and right, and make sure you look them straight in the eyes because, one, this helps you bond with the other person. And secondly, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm just talking to them. The other people in this room are simply eavesdropping on us. <laughs> and the more you do it, the more comfortable you become at it. Um, and that's why now I do a number of uh, live broadcasts on Facebook and on YouTube. And it was part of this experience. And also something I did um, was I, I got involved in community theater. A number of communities... Um, you know, have a local theater group. It's a group of amateur performers who are doing it simply for the fun. They're not going to get paid for um, doing whatever play, you know, falls across their desk or anything. But it's that experience of being in front of a crowd, which also helped me realize how I look in front of them which is pretty important, especially if you broadcast, you know, because you don't want to have your, um, um, you know, we all have that resting face where our face just kind of like goes slack <laughs> and we don't look happy. Now there's another term. Yes, I, I know there is another term. I know it is, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, the RBF. Yes. yes. And mine happens to look like 
I am about to explode into murderous fury. I am having the time of oh my, my life goodness. to get pictures of me with this horrible, murderous smile on my face. I don't think I've seen and those I, pictures because you're always such a happy guy. The only ones I've seen are the ones where you, I think I accidentally took one. You didn't know that I took it. You, it was just, I just thought it was kind of cute. You were just off, you, but you look kind of tired. You actually had your fez hat off, which is like, okay, the fez hat is one of Brian's main things. Um, yeah. But he, he was at a convention, and you just looked tired. It was about the end of the day. And you were just kind of resting there, and I secretly, like, snapped your photo. And <laughs> <laughs> I have a stalker. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen the anger face, but I saw that one. I was like, oh, that's bright. He just looks so tired. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, well, the, the way I discovered it was actually through one of the public broadcasting fun drives. I was interviewing somebody who, um, without going into the full story, mm -hmm. um, was uh, rather full of themselves and uh, didn't mind anyone knowing it and had done something wrong with a prop, and I corrected it on the air, and I looked into the camera to try to give this Alexander Haig sort of vibe that, yes, I know what I'm doing, I'm here for mm -hmm. all of you. And my mother called me up right afterwards and said, I have never seen anyone with that big a scowl uh, this side of the prison bars. And I'm like, Mom, you are full of crap. And um, that's kind of a loving relationship Mom and I had. And so then I went back and I taped myself because, of course, I have no ego, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went back and looked at the tape and I called her back immediately to apologize. Oh, my gosh. I just, like, give this look in front of the camera. <laughs> So you got you have to you should be mindful of that sort of thing, yeah. and, you know, especially if you are on a vlog, a video blog with somebody, which I do these you know interview shows quite frequently with people, and you've got to be aware of where you're sitting in the frame and you know you know your best side quote unquote, but you have to be aware of how you appear to your audience and with practice it becomes almost instinctive. So the thing to do is just. Um, just go ahead and do it. You can't really do it incorrectly. And if you do, you learn from the experience and just simply don't do it again. Be mindful of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, my early attempts at uh, uh, public speaking were pretty uh, shameful. I'm just glad there wasn't anything like videotape or cameras like back then. <laughs> you know, we, just, we just had cave drawings. But, um, <laughs> cave drawings. But, but, you know, it's mostly practice and just, you know, part of the idea of embarrassment, I think, is a certain amount of ego. And once you get past that, it's amazing what you can do, and especially if you treat it like an educational experience so that, you know, it's not really failure. It is a lesson to be learned so that you don't do it again. Of course. And, uh, a lot of things become a lot more easy, and you know, including promotion, including putting your work out there. Mm -hmm. um, I was just talking, in fact, just to segue into that a little, I was talking with uh, an acquaintance of mine this week who was about to publish his first book, and he was scared poopless because he's <laughs> like, this is something I've worked on for a couple of years, and he was worried about the reaction. But the idea is when you write a poem, when you publish something, when you go out and promote your work, you're doing something that a lot of people just don't even get out of the starting block. You know, a lot of people say, boy, 
I'm going to write that great American novel one day, or I've got all these poems in my head. I can't wait to put them down on paper. But they don't. Mm -hmm. But what they do have are a ton of excuses why they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that once you create that poem, once you put it down in a tangible form, you've done something a lot of people haven't done. And then the next step is to put it out before the public. Because the thing is, the public doesn't really want to see you fail. They're really rooting for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not say it, but they are. They don't want you to fall on your face. And so, you know, they're going to be pretty receptive to whatever you have, whether it's a promotional message or whether it's just simply, you know, seeing your, your book for the first time. So there's there's nothing really, in my opinion, to fear about this. In fact, there are, you know, as you know yourself, there are so many benefits to presenting your work to the public that go beyond mere self-expression. Mm-hmm. That is quite true. You're, I'm going to go back to when you were talking about the cameraman and looking at just the people who are recording. Um, years and years ago, oh gosh, Sky was probably about five. I was on the local news to promote one of my first books that I published. It was on the local WAND News indicator. And um, it was my first time on TV. And it was a very small studio where they actually did the news recording then. I haven't been there since. But, um, but I, again, like you said, you kind of talked to the cameraman. And you kind of like sort of had like a you built a little, you know, short relationship with them. So you felt like you were just talking to them. I was interviewed by Gail. I can't remember her last name. I don't know if it was Gail Anderson. Anyway, but I kind of like just acted like it was just me and her. Because actually the only other people in the studio was my mother who had brought me. And a couple other guests who were going to um, come in. I think it was just, they were talking about entrepreneurs. So I was like a writer and then they had invented some stuff. So I pretended it was just like, say there was what, two of them, my mom, me and the camera. Okay, there are five of us in the whole studio. So basically I just act like it was just the five of us. That there wasn't the whole local area watching on WAD News. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and if you know, like right now, you know, I'm talking to my dear friend, Ariana, mm-hmm. but I'm ignoring your millions and millions <laughs> of other listeners, okay? Not intentionally, listeners. I care about each and every one of you, but um, but uh, it's just the idea that you, um, you just have to keep it, the interview, whether it's a sales opportunity, a personal appearance, or you are on a, a podcast or a vlog, what have you, that you especially when you start scale it down to where um, you're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of us, even with strangers, can talk one-on-one, whereas, you know, if you start thinking about, okay, I am now being listened to by ten or 15,000 people, um, my bowels turn to water. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, you know, in this little space with, where you and I are at this very moment as we're recording, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable there. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, there's a certain amount of control in that. So, uh, you know, you know there's, there are things to be concerned with, but the more you do this thing, just like with writing, you know, uh, or writing poetry or creating music, what have you, the more you do this thing, the more comfortable you become at the act of doing it. I mean, I just look back. I've been doing the full-time thing, like you said, since 2012. Wow, that is a while. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
that's like 70 in dog years. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and it feels like it some days, too. <laughs> but, um, but it's the idea that I recognize how I have had to evolve in order to grow my business. And for all that we talk about the artistic side of creativity, if you put your stuff out there, it becomes a business. Mm-hmm. And you have to treat it like your business. Um, and so, you know, you have to recognize that part of your promotion or your advertising is going to be around you because um, as much as I recognize that my books like Santa Stein or Volcano Rebirth of the Champion or how to write Amazon reviews or how uh, Amazon reviews made less impossible, all of my books are a product, but then again, so am I. Mm -hmm. You're your own brand, as they say. You have to create your brand. Exactly. And in a lot of cases, people will check out your work and purchase from you if they like you. Um, So, you know, know, presenting a consistent image is good. Um, For instance, you know, like you mentioned, I wear a fez. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that is very deliberate. And it's not just to, like, if I'm on TV to prevent the glare from burning into the camera and making you think it's a J.J. Abrams film. (laughs) But it's about a recognizable image that you look at, you remember some aspect of it. Like, you remember the fizz, or in my case, you might remember the sideburns or the bow tie I wear. And I wear the fizz and the bow tie because I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'm not a Shriner. (laughs) <laughs> they have cooler, they have far cooler fezzes than mine, I must say. Uh, right yeah, I did have to question. I remember when I first met you, I was like, why is that guy wearing a fez? Because the only people who I ever saw wear those were the Shriners. And I think that's what things, jo- Josh had even said, do you think he's like part of those, sh- those Shriners? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you ask him, you ask him. No, um, <laughs> in fact, this weekend, this weekend I was at a show and someone stopped me and said, well, I really like to thank you that for all you do for the community. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this is great. I didn't know he watched my show. Yeah. And, and he's like, no, 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 your Shriner work. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> we got that conversation coming up again. So and the only person that's ever really pushed back on it was an actual Shriner. Oh, wow. Yeah, he looked at my hat and he said, you know, mine's a lot better than yours. You know, <laughs> oh, my I'm, gosh. I'm like, what, you bought yours at, you know, like Spirit Halloween 2? What the <laughs> Um, and then he proceeded to tell me he was a Shriner. I'm like, okay, dude, I surrender the battle right now. You do have a cooler Fez. I don't even need to see it. I know you've got a nicer Fez than I do, but it's my Fez, and I love my Fez. It keeps my head warm, and it makes me happy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, you'd have to just meet Brian at one of the conventions. You'll know it's him right away. He's... Now, I'd say this as a compliment. He's like the jolly Santa Claus with the fez at the conventions. If uh, Santa Claus was actually your creepy uncle in, uh, <laughs> uh, in a very cheap suit from the Halloween store. But yeah, thank you for that. I do, You're I do welcome. appreciate that because I try to be positive. I try to be, you know, make other people happy, which is why a lot of us do what we do mm-hmm. in trying to make people happy. And, uh, and I'm also probably the loudest person in there because I don't have an indoor voice to save my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, never have. Doubt I'm going to get one anytime soon. So uh, <laughs> you'll you'll know I'm there. 
one yeah. way or another. Yeah, I, I'm a little different. I don't know how many times here at home Josh is continuously asking me to repeat myself because I have a softer voice. So, yeah, you probably wouldn't know that I was there. So, I don't know. Although, hopefully, I think people know that I'm somebody that they can remember because they usually say I'm really nice. But uh, Exactly, exactly. But, so. Which is why I adore you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Brian, he has lots of good advice, as you as you have heard. And I'm going to let you you go ahead and, like, promote anything you got going on right now. That's what it's for. So, go ahead. Okay, what do I do right now? Well, right now I am, like many other authors, <laughs> creating madly because we're not worried about traveling anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but no, I've got, uh, I'm currently working on my very first anthology for my company, Rising Tide Publications. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just a publishing name. It is my philosophy that, uh, like John F. Kennedy used to say, a rising tide raises all ships. We all look out for each other. We get looked out for. And it has proven very beneficial not only for my business, but for my personal life as well, and that of my friends, too. But anyway, um, we are working on our first uh, anthology. Uh, Doc awesome. Saga is the name of the character I created. Uh, he is a ageless healer who is traveling the world, healing the planet one soul at a time. And we've got some great stories that we're editing right now. And it's so fun to come up with an idea and see other people taking it under their arms and racing towards the goal line. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of fun to read these stories. We're hoping to have that out before the end of the year, if not definitely the first quarter of 2021. Awesome. I've got a number of anthologies that are with, uh, you know, short stories, I should say, with other publishers that are awaiting publication as well, as well as a novel that I can't talk about because we don't have the contract signed yet. <laughs> oh, business. Cruel, cruel business. But anyway, uh, but um, I'm currently uh, doing... Uh, some broadcasting, as I mentioned earlier, um, I have um, a channel on YouTube called Brian K. Morris Rising Tide Publications, and there you can watch live broadcasts of our morning show. Never mind the furthermore, you do get points if you can tell me where that phrase is from. And uh, mm -hmm. we do that at uh, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Then on Tuesday nights, we do an, in, uh, a conversation show with various creative people called Clever Title Pending. No, don't send me any more uh, possible uh, titles. <laughs> that is the title. Uh, invariably, I will, say, I will say I have a show called Clever Title Pending, and the next day I will get like four or five emails. So here's a list of uh, things you can call your show now. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've only called it that for two years. Yeah, I you know. know. I think the name's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we, uh, we talk to various creatives, publishers, editors, writers, illustrators, um, just anybody that's really cool and creative and will put up with me for a couple of hours. We've had um, some people who have published internationally. We've had a USA Today best-selling author even. That's awesome. Season. And uh, we've got some really good guests coming up uh, as the weeks unfold. And that's Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central and 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you go to YouTube, you can watch um, some recent episodes of both. Uh, we also broadcast on the Rising Tide publications page on 
Facebook, as well as Geek Insider, who is uh, kind of promoting our shows right now. And we're very grateful to have their support and uh, their know-how in order to um, to grow our network, of pretty much. And in addition to that, as if that wasn't enough, my dear, <laughs> I have a Patreon page now. Yay! That I have been, yay, yeah, and that's why I have <laughs> Subscribers and everything for which I'm incredibly grateful. Um, but uh, the uh, for those of you who don't know, Patreon is kind of like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, except you take out a subscription of sorts, where every month you send a certain amount of money to a creative person, of which I am one. And uh, uh, in my case, one dollar will get your name in every, as long as you're a member of my Patreon, you will get your name in every publication Rising Tide does from this point on. And for $5, you'll get access to special videos, things that won't wind up on YouTube, as well as um, uh, what we're calling a first draft flash novel. Hmm. Now, I'm notorious for outlining the heck out of things. You know, I'm, I refuse to go into battle without proper planning. Well, I only have the vaguest idea of where this story is going to go. Hmm. And I'm writing it anyway. Cool. Uh, one chapter at a time, and $5 per month will get you access to those. The second issue, uh, or the second chapter, rather, will be going up this week. And uh, I- I'm quite excited by it. It's, it's uh, turning out to be a lot of fun. Plus, you get to give your feedback on how the story is going, which could change the outcome of the book when it will be published eventually. And at $10, we haven't seeded this level yet, so... Um, don't get, don't be rushing out to uh, sign up yet because I, I will uh, for ten dollars you will get a PDF of everything I have ever published. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's, a, it, I think it's a good deal, and we're going to be doing some special stuff for the uh, patrons, including restarting my blog for mm-hmm. the, I think the third or fourth time. I, <laughs> I just have a blog on uh, Blogger, I think it was, uh-huh. and I had a real big Russian following for some reason. <laughs> So, but anyway, that's the, the stuff I'm doing. Plus, I'm awesome. promoting, helping others as much as I can, and doing incredible podcasts like this. Holy cats! This is this is the highlight of my day. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, good! I'm um, so glad. Yeah, and, and the only personal appearance I've got so far for the rest of the year is October 17th. I will be at uh, Kokomo uh, Con in Kokomo, Indiana, at 1500 North Reed Road. Um, I think that's from 10 to 5. And we will be doing the social distancing, masks, and hand sanitizer. I've been drinking sand sanitizer for about six <laughs> months now. It seems to be working. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, um, and we're going to have a couple of uh, actors from the Power Rangers will be there. So check out Comics Cubed in Kokomo on Facebook. Yes, I am willing to promote others. And also check out Cherry House Press, especially Dreamscapes, an mm-hmm. amazing book with poems and short stories. Uh, fiction and nonfiction about dreams. Why, golly, coincidentally, I have a story in yes, there. Yes, you do. So please check it out. <laughs> available on Amazon. Yeah, that that one was, I think, one of our most successful anthologies. Mind me, oh my God, there's authors from all over the world in that. I want to say there's over. I really just took on a project. There's over sixty some authors on that book. 
I thought you were about to say 60 some odd odd authors. No, no, no. So some people do, and I'll cop to that. No, there's 60 some, um, and they're from all over the world. It is literally international. Um, That is fantastic. I'm I'm very proud of that book, and I'm proud of you putting that out. Yeah, it was a it was a good book, and you know, believe it or not, I think we we're still selling copies off Amazon every now and then. So, um, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, during this time, we've we've I see that you've gotten more into your broadcasting. We've all had to learn to be more creative in representing ourselves and promoting ourselves. And I know a lot of us are thankful for the internet and the capability of being able to reach a wide audience since mostly everyone who is used to traveling is not traveling right now. I mean, I even decided to try to get back into YouTube and I hate being in front of the camera. So, <laughs> so, you know, I like to hide behind the mic. You, I mean, you should have nothing to free. So. <laughs> I am not photogenic at all, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I can make a go of it on YouTube, my gosh, you can. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I've done a, um, I have older videos. I was more or less just making videos on like putting just my my voice in the background with pictures and videos. But this time, right. I'm but I'm actually getting in front of the camera, and I mean, so we're working on it. Um, but I I'm, I I believe my first video, I know it was my second one. Uh, recently, how to write a poem. I feel pretty good because I inspired a really good friend of mine to write this poem for the first time since he was a kid and he's a friend that you, we have in common, Ian Boothby. Um, he's actually part of our network, oh, yeah. the yeah. JIA network, uh, Josh, Ian and Ariana. Um, cause yeah. we're all still recording together. Um, so he wrote his first poem again, which was really, really good. And he said, I actually inspired him. So I felt pretty good about that. That's great. And I'm, I'm, I'm tickled to hear Ian, uh, Going into that, because I've appeared on his uh, podcast several uh-huh. times, he's a great guy, and it makes me happy that he's exploring another avenue of creativity. And you're absolutely right. You know, this whole this whole thing with what we call on my show the My Sharona Miley Cyrus Peter Pandemic, because we don't <laughs> want to get demonetized on YouTube for yeah. telling what it really is. Um, but during this time, and here's the benefit. I'm a big advocate of self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been published by others, you know, such as Cherry House Press. But I, you know, primarily my business is Rising Tide Publications. The nice thing about being an independent publisher during this time is, you know, the minute that this whole thing started snowballing, this whole C-19 thing going, mm-hmm. that... People were saying, oh, we've got to have board meetings. We've got to check with legal. We've got to talk to our lawyers. We've got to you know, have marketing, get a Zoom meeting going with marketing. And these big dinosaurs of publishers are so bound in their procedures mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's like trying to, uh, you know, like, take a battleship down the Indian in the 500, you know, those, you know, it just can't navigate those turns yeah. very well. But people like you, people like me, the minute this happens, we're like, okay, here's the situation. We can turn on a dime and change our business. And I will say that with the help of promotion, with the help of great networking, that uh, my business has not dropped off during this time. In fact, wow. my business has gotten stronger. That's great. That's awesome. 
Thank you. Um, but it's a matter of constantly staying on top of things, constantly promoting yourself, putting yourself out there. And here's the thing for anyone who wants to do a broadcast such as my Nevermind the Furthermore, the thing is just go out there and just let people get to know you. Uh, in fact, I have a couple people that regularly come onto the show and put in my links to my books because I'm so busy promoting other people that I keep forgetting to do my own. <laughs> That's nice. You know, which could be a sign of my advancing years, but uh, but uh, the thing is, you know, I just get into helping other people so much on this show, and people really once they learn once they know you and learn to like you and respect you, you know, they will check out what you do. Um, I heard a story about a, a lady who's a writer, and she was a romance writer. And she was always putting out these videos like she was some sort of 1950s housefrau, you know, perfect hair, perfect oh, dress, wow. perfect setting. And she did it in her lovely designer kitchen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And she spoke so eloquently about her work and <laughs> how you know, she'd read portions of it. Well, one day she did a live broadcast like I do, uh-huh. and her sink sprang a leak. Oh, no. And rather than turn off the camera, she forgot about that. And was, of course, trying to stem the flood <laughs> of water coming into her kitchen. Oh, and she apparently is getting, her hair is matted, Aww. her dress is soaking wet. She's swearing like a Marine <laughs> on leave. Oh, gosh. And she, and she comes back the next time and her video had gone viral and her her viewership just like shot through the roof and stayed there oh my gosh wow that's awesome it is and the you know and that's the message be yourself on camera yes you'll let people know you and you know it's just like in um like when you're in public at a personal appearance you know put your best self forward of course you know like uh you know people don't need to you know, hear that I swear like a long-distance trucker or anything. <laughs> so I try to keep that down to a minimum on my show. Yes. But, uh, you know, when I'm in person, I try not to uh, present the less savory aspects of my personality, <laughs> let's say. Uh, but, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, let, but letting your real self shine through. And people can see that. People can see when you're putting on airs. And, oh, yeah. Uh, if there's one thing nobody can accuse me of when I'm broadcasting or promoting that I'm putting on airs, that's for sure. <laughs> no, you you are definitely who you see Brian on broadcasting. That's who you see when you see him in person. That's true. Lord help him. <laughs> well, I, I do say I'm, I'm pretty much myself, but I am a little bit braver um, behind the screen in front of a microphone where nobody sees me than I am in person. But I mean, I, I don't mind talking to people. I was in social work for 12 years and oh, I did yeah. do drama back in high school, but I still every once in a while get nervous at talking to new people. And um, I'm always afraid that of course, uh, any, an artist, a writer, we're all our own worst critics. So oh, yeah. um, when I'm trying to share a book, I always feel like, oh, this isn't very good. And I'm trying to get this person to buy it. And, and then Josh is like, oh, because your stuff's good. Just, just tell them about it. <laughs> No, he's absolutely right, and you've touched on something that we talk about all the time on my shows, and that's imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, that you know you have a thriving uh, publishing company. You have put out videos. You have put out books. 
Um, I've sold, I have a couple books that have sold uh, in Europe and Asia. That's awesome. Yeah, I was as surprised as anyone. Uh, I've never <laughs> been to Europe or Asia. I've never <laughs> done anything over there to promote myself. But somebody found my work and bought it. Yay, thank you, my foreign friends. But, um, but you know, and there's, every now and then I'm thinking, like, why are these people tuning into my show? I'm just me. Uh-huh. Um and sometimes you just, you know, you, you get, there are people like on the internet, I follow a number of writers, I've become friends with a number of them, who are way up the ladder. You know, I shouldn't even be able to talk to them. They're that high up. Uh-huh. But, you know, they're just like me. They're uh-huh. just like you. They're, you know, they're, they're people, too. And, but there's this little voice that says, what have you done to deserve their respect, their time, their attention? Um. And I have to remind myself, well, I have done things. I, you know, I put out books. I put out seven uh, books of my own, and I'm published in almost that many more anthologies and other places. Plus, I've had magazine articles come out. I used to be a playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done things. Um, I'm not saying I'm Stephen King. Um, I'm not quite that scary. But, um, <laughs> or I'm not, I'm not that, no, I'm you not are not scary. Stephen King no, either, you're not scary. scary. What works at it? <laughs> you, we all but wish you, that we could sell the number of books that Stephen King has wrote or Daniel Steele. Oh, exactly. And here's something that a lot of people don't know about self-publishing is that per unit, per book, you and I make more off of our books than those bigger names do. Now, the thing is, they have volume. Uh-huh. You know, even on a bad day, they probably sell more books than both you and me combined tenfold. Yeah. But you know, that's because they're, they've worked at it for a long, long time. They have built their brand. They have become the name by which their genre is defined. Uh-huh. You know, you think of, you know, thrillers. You think of James Patterson. Uh-huh. Um, you think of, like, uh, uh, Treasure Quest. You would think of Clive Cussler. Uh, there are names who are at the forefront of their their type of writing. And unfortunately, folks like us get compared to them all the time. And it's you know, not fair to us. Mm-hmm. But these these men and women have built their brand over the years. You know, there was there was a time when Stephen King was just this disgruntled English teacher in Maine mm-hmm. before lightning struck and with persistence he got into print and became a major celebrity so and it can happen to anyone but the nice thing is again going back to self-publishing you make more per unit you know uh than you know most of these big names make on theirs and the thing is it could happen to anyone uh, that makes the big time from self-publishing can you tell i'm a little worked up over us yeah um, <laughs> chicken soup for the soul yes that's serious that's an empire now it is it started out self-published. Wow, you know I did not know that, Brian. And it that, is those the are truth. yeah, and those are some of my favorite ones I like to read. There's like Chicken Soup for the Soul, Chicken Soup for Everything. Uh, oh graduates, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you name it, they've got a chicken soup for it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's also that's also a very good place to submit your writing. Yes, it is a new writer because they are constantly, you know, the beast needs to be fed, mm-hmm. and they are constantly putting out new material. So that is. Another thing, keep an eye on the market. Yes. There are places out there that will publish you. And it's you know, if you're more interested in being published by someone else, 
but you need to build your resume, uh, send your work out to some of these places. Some will pay, most will not, but you're building your resume. Yes. And as you go on, you, you, you do some of this writing for free, and then you just keep networking, yeah. contacting other writers, meeting them at shows, getting mm -hmm. their cards, staying in touch, following them on social media. Definitely. And then one day, somebody's going to say, hey, listen, I'd like you to write for me. You know, here's 10 bucks, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Then it gets to be 20 bucks. And, the, you know, you, you, you work, you get paid. It starts out, you work, you work, you work. Then eventually you work and get paid. Yeah. Work, 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 get paid. Work, work, get paid. Work, pay, mm -hmm. work, pay. Work, I, I will get mention paid, get paid. <laughs> the first one pet peeve I do have. If you're just starting out or even if you're just contacting a publisher for the first time or even to be in their anthology, please do not ask, what am I going to get paid? Do I get anything? Oh. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, I get that too. I get a number of submissions for Rising Tide Publications, and we're honestly not in a position right now where we can pay advances. We're looking mm -hmm. to be in that position yeah. fairly soon. But our our publishing other people at this point is kind of experimental. Mm -hmm. And uh, with a very forgiving crowd, I, I'm glad to say. But, um, but yeah, the thing is a lot of magazines will post their writers' guidelines. And the thing is, if they don't, then write them. And, you know, if you're a new author, new writer, um, write to them and say, do you have any writer's guidelines? Do And check out what they do. If, like, for instance, the first uh, seven years of Rising Tide, you'll notice only one name on all the books. Hmm. I wonder what that was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody who knows my wife pretty thoroughly. <laughs> but, um, but um, I'm going to get that guy. But anyway, no, <laughs> seriously, bad Brian. But, uh, but no, uh, you know, you see, you know, a number of, you know, books from the same publisher with the same name. You're going to figure out that that's self-publishing. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, if nothing else, write that publisher and say, yes. you know, you know, you know, do you have any writer's guidelines? And the worst they can do is tell you, no, we don't, because we only publish ourselves. Uh, and some will have, um, you know, ways to submit to them. You know, they may say, okay, we want to see, you know, bullet points. We may want to see a short synopsis. We may want to see the first chapter or X number of pages or just an elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Now, when they say this, people, don't think, well, hmm, how can I shortcut the process? No, 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 no. This is the shortcut. Because a lot of publishing houses, large and small, their primary purpose is to put out books on time to you know, get out to the stores to sell and to promote and such. Um, finding new authors is what they do when they run out of things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not their, you know, their primary uh, goal in the day is not to discover you. It's to get the product out that they've already got in the pipeline. And some writer's guidelines will say, well, we do not accept submissions at this time, that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. that saves you a boatload of energy because then you don't have to write to see if they're interested in your, uh, your work because, they're not interested in anyone's work, or they can't get to it, or they mm -hmm. can generate it all in-house. So checking out the writing uh, guidelines for any given publisher is very, very useful. For, and as a, for instance, uh, I also write comic books occasionally for the independent press. 
Um, but I know better than to send anything to Marvel or DC because they say right in their legal information, you know, so-and-so title, issue so-and-so, published by so-and-so company, we do not accept unsolicited manuscripts or uh, story ideas at this time. Mm-hmm. That means they're a closed house. Why waste your energy on yeah. that? So, you know, you know, like I said, make it as easy as your editor and your publisher as possible. Don't pester them. Don't be asking them when they're going to be paid. Yeah. Uh, don't, be, don't be sending your stuff that um, you think it's great, but they don't have the time to read it. Mm-hmm. You, know, so say, you know, a lot of this is strategy. And it's not like you're invading a small foreign nation or anything with the declaration of war. This is simply the most efficient way to further your career. And, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts to this, and there there are. But if you take it one step at a time, you've got this licked. And, you know, here's the thing. Here's some one other bit of advice. Keita, I'm fired up about this. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, here's this. Um, if you want to know anything, I'm going to reveal a secret website. Now, everybody, if you're listening, just get out your pen and paper right now because I'm not going to repeat it, okay? And this is a place I'm sure nobody's heard of. But, you know, if everybody's ready now, you can find out anything you need to know about writing, about publishing, about editing, about marketing, it's called Google.com. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a real top secret site. Nobody's aware <laughs> of it but me. And I'm sharing this with your uh, viewers. Here's another one. It's all, there's also another one called YouTube. <laughs> you know, really obscure websites that no one but me has discovered. But I'm here to share this secret information with your listeners. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and the thing is also, if you follow writers on uh, like Facebook or whatever, or on their website, you know, especially on social media where they make posts and stuff, like what they do. Follow them and follow the conversations and do it to get to know them because we can tell when you're trying to suck up, okay? <laughs> it's, it's not that hard to tell. But, you know, and then start liking and start engaging them in conversation. And if you, you know, eventually you might get to the point where, you know, it doesn't hurt you to, if you have a question and you get a chance to, like, PM them or whatever, ask. Mm-hmm. Just ask the information. Yeah. And if they don't get back to you in two years, you kind of guess that they're a little busy or someone else mm-hmm. is managing their social yeah. media for them. But um, Go ahead and ask questions because the worst they can say is no. That's probably the best advice yeah. my dad ever gave me. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really, no one's died from that yet. Yeah, that I'm aware of. No, but yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just like the, I have a friend who used to work for one of the movie studios, and uh, he was always getting favors from people. And one of his um, comrades was saying, "Well, I need to know your secret." And so my friend said, "Okay, take me to lunch, and I'll tell you. And bring bring your assistant with you." And so the assistant came, and he had like a couple of tape recorders, oh and my gosh. a pad of paper, and four or five pens. And so after the small talk, my friend said, okay, here's how you get people to, you know, get ready. Now, turn on your recorders now. Get mm-hmm. your pen ready. Get Make sure it writes. I'm going to tell you how you get people to do things for you or to give you advice in this case. Pick up the phone and ask them. <laughs> At the top of his lungs, he shouts this, and then there's this dramatic pause. He goes, do I need to repeat anything? <laughs> 
you know, just ask the question. It you know won't kill you. Um, and you know, the thing is, as you have noticed with uh, Ariana's current guest, um, <laughs> people love to show their expertise. Yeah. You know, and you know, like in research, uh, if you have a question, say it's a medical question, ask your doctor. Yeah, don't go to if Google and find a, out what's wrong with yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't trust the Internet for this sort of thing. Uh, although I am an Internet architect, doctor, and lawyer. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, it, you know, you go to an expert, and even if you have to pay for their time, like with an attorney, um, what you get from that is so valuable. And people love to talk about what they do. Mm-hmm. Because if they're like me, they're fired up, they're passionate about it. And, you know, that will give what you write an extra bit of oomph because people who are aware of that field will recognize what is called verisimilitude, which is the appearance of truthfulness. And, you know, it's like, but when it's not there, people will know. Yeah. And it kind of colors their perception of your writing from that point on. So don't be afraid to research stuff and don't be afraid mm-hmm. to ask an expert. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, because I used to always be afraid to ask people questions, but every time, as a kid, as an adult, they ask a question, the worst thing they can say is no. Just try to remember that, and I tell myself, anytime I get scared to ask anybody something, I'm like, the worst they can say is no, or they can just ignore me, and so be it. I'll go look out, I'll look elsewhere. And um, so, I mean, it's really easy. So, and I just happened to, you know, bump into Brian, you know, one time, me and Josh at a convention, and... It's all history from there. We've asked him advice on all sorts of stuff. And I haven't shut up since. Yeah, that's the way I work. <laughs> but your advice is very valuable. And thing is, it's when you are asking advice from someone you're talking to, please pay attention, please take notes, because that person's time is valuable. Exactly. And they could be doing a hundred different things at that moment. Mm-hmm. But they stopped what they were doing to pay attention to you, and to help you. Now, the thing is, if you have any sort of sense of gratitude at all, and this is what Rising Tide is about, you pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Because one day you follow that good advice, and your star will rise. And when you get to a certain level, people are going to start asking you these questions. And I want everyone listening in your audience right now, when they reach that point, and it will happen if you put enough work into it, um, if you reach that, when you reach that point and someone asks you the questions that you were asking someone else earlier, I want you, everyone, to give the correct answer back based on your experience with the same speed and generosity that your question was answered before. That's how you pay it back, by paying it forward. Yes, pay it forward. That's a it's a good good phrase, and it was also a good book, and it was a good movie. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I probably promised Brian this is a little longer than I promised it'd be but we got on some good topics um great advice um great show so this will be a a good show for any new writer even someone who's already writing um to learn about public speaking and promoting their work and um you know how to get out there and ask questions and do your research there's a lot of good tips in this show so um we thank Brian for 
offering all his expertise. Um, that's one reason I brought him on here. Um, I felt that it would be um, very informational. Well, thank you for having me. Sincerely, I thank you so much. And I can't wait till we can do shows together again. Me too. And things return to quote-unquote normal. But at least we have shows like this, and I'm so proud of you for putting out your work and interviewing other authors, and I am privileged to be now part of your history. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad to have you on here. Um, Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. I know it sounds like a mouthful, but is I, I wanted it to be more than just poetry. Like, you know, our introduction says we are, you know, poetry, um, stories, truth, and, and I think we say it's what the soul needs. I had a guy do the introduction for me. Sounds really good. So, um, but any, but I wrote the introduction. I wrote it straight from my heart. It isn't anything that's cheesy. It's completely truth. And that's what I want on this podcast. There you go. And, uh, and yes, this show folks was a little longer than most of Ariana's because, <laughs> and it wasn't her fault. Trust <laughs> me, I own everything. So. <laughs> I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle when I was young and everyone has to suffer for it. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Brian. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll uh, possibly see him in the future. Um, keep listening to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast if this is your first time. There's plenty of shows to listen to. A lot of them have uh, me just sitting back and reading poetry. And then this here is part of a new series called Meet the Author. So just look through the titles. Um, it will say Meet the Author, and then it will have whoever we're speaking to in that uh, show. So we're glad to always have you listen. Thank you for listening to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. I appreciate each time you come to listen. When you listen, you are supporting my podcast. My only goal here is to share inspirational messages that I hope will inspire you tell you a story, or offer a bit of wisdom. I hope you come back to listen again. Have a great day. If you are enjoying listening to Spoken Word Poetry Podcasts, then you just might enjoy poetry written by Ariana R. Cherry. You can buy her books on Amazon. Visit her website at arianarcherry.wordpress.com.